So whatever is not there that you feel like, ah, oh, why is this not there? It's because you haven't created it, mm. right? Mm. No one is coming to create it. Mm. So you have to create it. So that's my perspective. So why hasn't poetry made a splash? Because we haven't made it to make a splash, mm. right? Why is this not popping? It's because you haven't made it to pop. Welcome back to yet another episode of Capture the Thoughts. I always tell people that we have been so blessed to have amazing guests on the show. And today is no different because we are joined by content creator, storyteller, a presenter, a radio presenter, a spoken word artist. Welcome to the show. So profound. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. We're so excited. How does it feel to be on the other seats? <laughs> uh, it's it's always exciting. Uh, it's it's always exciting uh, for for the most part because I'm the one doing the question, so it's yeah. very relaxing and uh, and very different. Let's At least it gives me perspective to what people feel and think when they uh, sit at the other side. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes me better, actually. That's good. That's yeah. good. Um, so tell me about your background and your upbringing. What was life like for you growing up? So I, I grew up in, in waterfalls. I'm, I'm a son of a, uh, a middle-class citizen who was renting a house in Park Town at the time, 194 Fifth Avenue. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the, it's the four of us. I'm number three. It's my brother, my sister. Uh, I'm number three, then my younger brother. Uh, life was, life was very simple, man. Uh, I grew up at a time when my parents were, were, were not around a lot because they were trying to be property owners. So they were working around the clock. Mom was an entrepreneur. Uh, so she was running a couple of businesses out of town. So she was never home that much. And dad on the other side was working around the clock, uh, for marks at the time. Mm-hmm. And really saw him. He came home around 8 p.m. So I, I did a lot of growing up uh, in an unsupervised environment. But because I was growing up in an unsupervised environment, I, I guess there was always a chip on my shoulder to to do to do my best, if I could call it that. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, also when they were around my parents, they always made sure that we were they 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 really showed us exactly what they expected of us. And I took that to heart. And uh, there were also many great people along the way who made sure that uh, we grew up the right way. Uh, we were respectful. We were, we were, it was just a different environment, man. Mm. Uh, my brother and sister were much older than I was. And I was in primary school. And my younger brother was always with mom away because uh, she was moving around and stuff so i was so i was like a loner in, in a way mm-hmm. uh but that allowed me to want to venture out and and look for uh people to connect with first it was the uh a, a friend of mine who stayed next door to our house his name was Alan uh we developed a really great friendship and from there uh i was i, I was never so much into tv because I was always alone at the house. So whenever I'd come back home from school, the goal wasn't to watch TV. It was to get out and try to find other kids to, to connect with. 
So that's, I think, where I then became a very people person. I mm-hmm. think that's when my broadcasting career started out. Because uh, you had to figure out ways to connect with the other kids so that you can, not just from your street or from next door, but to in the other street and the other street and the other street, mm. you're interacting with different backgrounds, different realities, and mm. you, you still have to fit in and navigate that social world. That's when I started to learn all of that. Uh, so uh, that that's pretty much a lot of my, my childhood. So whilst others were watching cartoons, I was trying my best to get out and connect with other kids based off of the idea that my environment was very was there was not much happening in my environment Mm. there were never people in my environment so i had to journey out and look for that in other people that's why i value a good conversation uh, a good debate Uh, Mm -hmm. you always find me where that is happening i think it came from that because that's what sustained me in the environments I was sustained in. Mm, that's so good. So you're basically an explorer in a sense. Uh, pretty much, pretty much. But also, it might sound very contradictory, but I'm, I'm such an introvert at my core. Uh, really, you sound my, very extroverted. Uh, it's it's a performance for the most part. <laughs> it's a performance. I I don't mind going out and doing that, but. Uh, is after a while, I, I really want to retreat to my to my own space. I value my my space and being in a very uh, I don't I don't want to say yeah, but I I I like I like my company. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but it it all balances itself out, I guess. Mm, yeah. As a fellow introvert, I can totally relate to that as well. So I can come here and have. I guess with you guys mm. for two hours uh, and make sure that I am not uh, weird about it or anything mm. like it and that everyone is having a great time. I enjoy the moments that are there, but after a while, I want to get back to my to my shell and recharge and do that again, recharge mm. and do that again. So, and I enjoy people as well. I enjoy people so much. I, I care for people. I value people. So I guess it balances itself out. Mm, that's good. So I understand you're a Christian. And so how did you make that decision to follow Christ? Uh, there are a lot of, uh, uh, the, the long and short of it is that I, I went to a boarding school, uh, called Deure High School in Gutuaya, mm-hmm. uh, in, to Mpandawana. It was a mission school. And the thing about the mission school, it was a church of Christ. So the thing about a mission school, uh, especially the one that I went to, it had a strong Christian background. But also, it having a strong Christian background uh, or rules around it, just how church was important and a lot of that. Mm. Uh, There were also strong student-led initiatives around just Christianity and what have you. So the first time I had an encounter that was so vivid was Form 3, uh, preached to by a girl called Tatenda, mm-hmm. Tatenda Mnyaradzi. Uh, and she was so phenomenal, man. And I remember that so vividly. But it, it that's when the the consciousness that, man, I I want to do this came into play. But... Never really followed through with it. Uh, 
all ever came about, wrote my exams, finished my exams at the time, my brother was going to a church called Glad Tidings uh, in the neighborhood. And he Sundays, I never used to go to church. He would go to church. Then he started encouraging me to come to church. Mm-hmm. Then started going to church. And similar to when I was Form 3, had that same encounter, but now more potent and just more powerful. Mm-hmm. And preached to by Pastor Charles Jonasi, bishop now. And 4 February 2008, I got saved. Um, and I was 17 at the time. And I've been a Christian ever since. Been mm-hmm. serving ministry, the works. Mm. And that's my life, really. So, yeah. Mm. How did that impact your understanding of yourself and your place in the world? I was very... So, I I grew up in a household where there was no... There wasn't... We we didn't have... We didn't go to church growing up because my parents were never around. Mm. So, a lot of what used to guide my... How I saw life was very borrowed because you're interacting with a lot of people, families, and what have you. And there was a lot of um, self-doubt, if I could call it that. Uh, I was unaware of who I am. Mm. Uh, And getting to know Christ and what Christ did for me on the cross started to illuminate uh, who I was in him and why that was important that I saw myself that way mm-hmm. uh it impacted even my i always thought i wasn't good enough strange enough so uh i would always retreat or be at the back of the line uh mm-hmm. but learning who i was in christ really started to heal a lot of those mm-hmm. those insecurities uh and a lot more that was happening in my life at the time as someone as a teenager who's just trying to figure it out uh it made not sense but it made it completed me in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. Uh, and also church became completed the idea of family by Mm. the time i was 17 my parents had separated so uh uh yeah my parents had separated and church became the the completion of a lot of things that you probably didn't see growing up Mm. They were not privy to growing up. So, uh, man, getting saved <laughs> literally saved my life. Like, that's beautiful. It, it really did. Because mm. I would have gone rogue. Uh, the trajectory of a lot of the people who were my age doing, uh, going through life at the time, where they are now, a lot of them, it's, 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 it's a total mess. Mm. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's really, really beautiful. And I think that will encourage listeners who are in a similar situation where they're looking for a sense of belonging, a sense of family. And so let's move on to your purpose journey. How did you get into poetry? I, I, uh, when, when I was in high school, I, I went to a school that was very academic. Uh, where the coolest thing there was scoring straight A's or mm. being in the science class. So the pursuit, you were pursuing the cool. You want to be cool. You want to be hip as any other teenager who's at a high school would want to be. So 
there was no sports program. We only had three sports, four at the school. Soccer, netball, volleyball, basketball. Only. Mm. And of course, athletics. The full. I was not good at athletics. Uh, volleyball, but it wasn't cool enough. Uh, <laughs> definitely not netball. Basketball. Yes, loved basketball. Uh, and, and that. And the next best thing after that was, um, there was no, Arts program. The only thing that was close today was public speaking and quiz and debate. In fact, it wasn't called public speaking. It was just quiz and debate, right? And so it was, there was a limitation. So are in and around the school, um, in the law, in the student led initiatives, uh, in the Christian groups or whatever it is, church, people would then start to form little, uh, choir groups uh dance groups and whatever it is and that was more interesting to me outside of being part of a basketball team that came only one season this mm. happened all year round so i was uh that's when i started to explore my creativity uh was never a technical guy uh book smart yes but was never a technical guy and Started to explore my creativity. Became a dancer at a certain point. Really? I uh, was in a dance group for for quite a while. Was an esteemed dancer, actually. Wow, okay. Uh, then that came to an end after O-Level. Then we went to for our O-Level break. During our O-Level break, still continued with the dancing thing. But, okay. Then changed schools, went to Gutu High after that. And Gutuai was much more of a liberal school, unlike mm-hmm. my previous school. Where my previous school people mm-hmm. were so strict on the books, Gutuai was so liberal, man. It was so liberal. It was more, they had a poor sports program, but they were more, uh, it, they had a more artsy flair to them. So there was actual drama. There was sp- speech. Uh, there was all these things, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, I started to meet people who were so aware of their creative gifting so much. Then I started to pursue public speaking at the time and man, I was so good at it. Mm. Public speaking from public speaking was in the junior parliament and junior parliament and, uh, A-level is done. Great. Um, A-level break, we start to experiment with everyone at the time was trying to be a rapper. We're trying to be. Hip hop. Yeah. Hip hop, hip hop, hip hop. Me and my boys, my boys were actually good. I wasn't good at rapping. It didn't come to me so easily. The flow, the mm-hmm. cadence, the what. And I was honest with myself. Then I went to the bull, to the Manningberg this one time. We're looking for an event called the Circle, which was a hip hop event. Uh, it used to happen every last, uh, Saturday of the month. And we got the dates wrong and we got there and there was no circle. There was a, an event called Mashoko that was hosted by Magamba Network. Mm. And it was Mashoko, the poetry, the sp- spoken word and hip hop event. I went there. I watched Upmost perform. I was so blown away. Mm. I watched Upmost perform, was so blown away. Then I also watched PSP and Flowchart perform. And for the first time in my life, I said, that's what I want to do. 
I liked the impact of what it did to me and I desired it for myself to say I wanted to I wanted to do that. But it came from a place of discovery of just being self-aware to say that I'm not good at this, but I want to pursue a creative gifting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when I discovered poetry, started to pursue, sharpen my craft, started to write, started going for poetry slams and um, wanted to know what my voice was, discovering my voice, what the message was and etc, etc, etc. Mm-hmm. And that's the journey of discovery. The reason why I took that trail was to just, cause sometimes it, it just feels like it's something that I always knew. No, I didn't know. I, I didn't, I was not exposed to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I did, it clicked like, that's it. That's mm-hmm. it. Actually, there's a good place to fit in this. Every creative, uh, we go through certain, we go through the, the level of the first level, which is, is where you are. Okay. Never mind. Never mind. Ne- <laughs> please, ne- please, please, please <laughs> no, do no, continue. No, 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 this sounds no, no, very intriguing. No, no, let's, 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 let's go. <laughs> okay. Then, um, so poetry. People would argue that it hasn't made much of a splash in Zim. Were there points where you felt discouraged because of your context, the context that you're living in? And also it's a creative kind of pursuit. So did you feel like I can actually, did you feel sometimes that can I actually make it in this thing? So I, 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 maybe I'm too much of an optimist or I look at it mm. always from a different perspective. Um, I wouldn't have made it on the radio if I wasn't a poet, Mm, mm, mm. right? My mark on the radio is because I had learned the art of connecting and performance from the poetry stage. So um, being a poet is what opened the door for me to meet Rutendo Mahofa, who introduces me to ZFM and and ZFM. So is poetry not like, how do you look at it? How do you measure it? Yeah. Because without poetry, I wouldn't have made, met the person who then opens the door to that, mm. that thing. So, and then you make it so big on radio and you start getting all these opportunities within radio to get paid, to travel, to do all these things. But Mm. that wouldn't have happened if you hadn't performed and you hadn't met that person and that person hadn't opened that door. Mm. So how do you measure the impact? The impact. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you measure that? Number one. Number two, also, I I want to say this. I want to figure out how I can say this well without sounding very arrogant. But I don't think I've ever struggled in my poetry career. Wow. Here's why I haven't struggled. Because at any given point, I'm almost always aware what we are supposed to do to unlock the next level. Mm -hmm. So when I started off, there were limited platforms. If you're not performing at the book cafe, you are not performing at all. Mm. 
So there was already a problem with that model. It meant that we needed to create platforms. platforms yeah. Yeah. So I was not struggling then when no one was booking us because I was aware of what we need to do to make this thing grow. Mm. So that's when we started to take the poetry out of spaces, started performing churches, youth groups, and a lot of that. And that then creates a whole movement mm. of mm. new kids who had never been exposed to this or anything like that. But whilst we are at that, then you discover that, wait a second, uh, I've performed 50 times this year and I've not been paid for the 50 times. So what do we need to do? So it's, it's a process of evolution of saying, wait a second, this is what we need to do. What we need to do is start being organized, mm. is to put value to this, mm, mm. is to put X, Y, Z to this, mm. right? Is to diversify. Uh, how do we diversify? When you say you are a poet, what you're saying is, you're a writer. But if you're a writer, if you can write a poem, you can write copy for an advert. If you're a poet, you can write this. You mm. can write this. Like you already have that sixth sense as a creative to write anyway and mm. create something that someone would connect with. Mm. So you're a writer. So how do we put value on you? Mm. How do we build a brand around you? How do we create all of that around you so that it can connect? So... It's not struggle. It's knowing what you have to do next, mm-hmm. right? For example, right now I'm in a place in my life where I, I wasn't active within the poetry scene. For example, 2013, there about 14. It was so evident when everyone was crazy about P4CM, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. I remember I was with Peggy, I was with Tati, I was with a lot of guys. I'm telling the guys that, guys, the next stage for us is content people are so crazy about p4cm but they've never been to zim Mm. because they are sharing their content right what we need to start doing is to create content and started to champion the next so is it struggle or it's evolution it's learning Mm. right so then the content era is ashered then i took a dip for a bit started to focus on media and a lot of that then came back now and the mandate is clear. We need to create, create quality platforms. Mm-hmm. Poetry doesn't have quality platforms. A platform that you want to go out, uh, it's clean fun. It's you dress up, you and your friends, you go there, you feel really great about yourselves. It's doesn't go on for the whole night. It's you're having coffee, you're having muffins, you're, and it's just amazing, right? We don't have those quality platforms where someone can say, I want to take out my girl out on a date mm-hmm. and I want to take them out to that show. Mm-hmm. And it feels like, wow, this was a great experience. This was a great date, mm-hmm. right? We don't have those experiences. So, and we then start earning. So, uh, and everyone gets paid. So is it struggle or it's, it's a process? Mm-hmm. Sounds like a matter of perspective. It's, so I think it's perspective. So I've, I don't think I've ever struggled. Uh, even when I was not getting paid, I was not complaining because I was learning and I was understanding what we need to do next so that we can get to that place of this is it. Like mm. we've gotten to that place. But 
imagine when we did when I didn't have a plat when I only had one platform to perform. Mm. Then we started to get a lot more platforms outside that one platform to perform. Mm. Do you think I was complaining that oh no I'm not getting paid or I was just happy that I'm performing in many other places and I'm sharing this gift uh with a bro with a broader audience. What do you think? I think you were happy. <laughs> exactly, cuz I used to perform just once a month. Mm. Now I'm performing six times a month. Wow. I am happy that I'm performing. So before you get to the realization that wait a second, I'm using my resources to get to these events. At least let me get them to say, "Hey, can you pay for my transport? Can you take care of my expenses?" So what used to be I'm using my resources becomes a $20 note that you're given mm-hmm. to come and perform. But the $20 note becomes, hey, uh, I'm not going to charge you, but take care of my expenses and at least give me an honorarium. Mm. It goes and becomes $50. Uh, so what was no money at all becomes $20, becomes $50, becomes I charge this much to come and perform for you guys. Mm. Uh, if it's corporate, if it's this, then you start getting the corporate gig and the, this gig and you fly out to the Netherlands and you go to South Africa and you go to Zambia and you're book- getting bookings in all these places. Is that struggling or it's a process? It's a process. Thank you. So I, d- I don't think um, whatever. So here's how I see it. Whatever that's not happening in the environment that you are, that you're asking why is this not happening? It's because you haven't created it. Mm, mm. Who do you want it? I was having the same conversation with with people. Why do we have a transport system in Zimbabwe? Because the people in Zimbabwe have not created one. Mm. Uh, why don't we have um, anything that you think is terrible, right? It's it's because the people in Zimbabwe hadn't created one. No one is coming, guys. Mm. No one is coming. Mm. If we don't create it for ourselves, no one is coming. Mm. So just being aware of that allows us to to do more mm. and to see it from a different perspective. Mm. So if I, if we hadn't created in good company, then you were not going to get to the platform where it does the things that it does. It does yeah. Before Jacaranda Music Festival existed, there was no festival that was doing that. Mm. So whatever is not there that you feel like, ah, oh, why is this not there? It's because you haven't created it, mm. right? No one is coming to create it. Mm. So you have to create it. So that's my perspective. So why hasn't poetry made a splash? Because we haven't made it to make a splash, mm. right? Why is this not popping? It's because you haven't made it to pop. Mm. Why is Japraza hot? Because the people who management him, they say they wanted to pop and they did, mm. right? And it's the same, it's true of everything. Before this podcast existed, where was it? It was non-existent. Exactly. And you thought that it should exist, right? Yeah. So now someone's saying, ah, there are a lot of podcasts in Zimbabwe, like this podcast and that podcast and that podcast. The reason why they're saying that is because you thought like, I think a podcast that does this should exist. And you made it to exist. And if we had more people who thought from that perspective, would create the places and the things that we want to see. Mm, I love that. That is so inspirational. I think people are held back by the fear of this this negative perception that things just don't work in Zim, and people are held back by that. And so I, I think just the desire to take the initiative. Yeah. 
I was uh I was having a conversation with a with a friend of mine. Uh they were about to leave for the UK. Uh and we're having the conversation. They're like, ah oh, no, so I'm leaving, da 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 and they wanted me to say what I think. Mm. I'm like, great. Uh go kill it, bro. Like I what do you think though? I'm like, I don't think anything, mm. right? About so what do you mean? I said, because you are leaving because there's this place doesn't work for you, right? Mm-hmm. But here's the kicker. Whatever you think is not working for you right now, there's never a time you're going to come back and it's working for you mm. because you haven't created it, mm. right? So uh, fingers crossed that at some point you're going to come back and things are working. Who has created it? Mm. Who has created it? Like who has made it to work? Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. So uh, whatever sphere that you're in, if there's something that's not working, like, and you see that it's not working, then make it work. Mm. I think that should be the attitude. But I guess to each their own. Teach their own. Yeah. So you've touched on this, but how did you... Clearly, you are passionate about storytelling and telling stories that people don't know of or just by highlighting certain aspects of Zimbabwean cultural life. And we've seen some of the stuff that you've done on YouTube. And so how did you make that shift from poetry? You've touched on how you became a radio presenter. And how did you make that shift to content creation from that? So uh, there's a comedian called Michael Jr., Mm uh from the US Christian comedian uh one of my favorite people really great guy um he gave this analogy at this conference that is stuck with me um he was at this main conference and he has a segment called break time mm-hmm. break time is where he doesn't exercise uh at this conference and at this point his break time was he picked out a certain gentleman in the audience and asked him, sir, what do you do? Then says, I'm a high school music school teacher. Said, Great. Uh, can you sing me something? Then the guy is given the mic and he sings um, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. And he kills it. Mm. Like, kills it. Kills it. Kills it. Okay. Then he says, that was amazing. People erupt with, like, applause and he says, okay, now I want you to imagine that you just lost your uncle. Your dad is locked up in prison. Your daughter just was involved in a car accident. And your bank is, you don't have money in the bank to help out in any way. Mm-hmm. I want you to sing the same song. Then he sings amazing song, amazing grace, but this time he sings it from a really deep and emotional place. Mm. Then he gives the analogy that the first time you sang, you knew what you were singing. But the second time you sang, you knew why you were singing. Mm. So when you know the why, the what matters more. In my case, the reason why I was inspired when I heard Flowchild and PSP perform or or Upmost perform was because I also believed I had something to say. Mm. 
That's the first thing. But what is it that I wanted to say? Right. Because poetry was just a what. It's just a medium. Mm -hmm. So I had to discover my why. Why was I so moved by this? Because I also had something to say. So poetry is the what. Radio is just a what. Mm -hmm. Writing a book is just a what. Mm -hmm. A podcast is just a what. Mm -hmm. If you notice, whether I am being a poet, I'm on radio, I'm making a documentary, I'm producing one, I'm directing, I'm doing all those things. It's the same thing. I'm telling stories in all of them. Mm -hmm. Like it's the same thing. It's just the what that's changing. Because the what can change. Uh, three, ten years ago, uh, podcasting was not prominent. It was there, mm -hmm. but it was not prominent. It's now prominent, so it just becomes a what. For all I know, maybe in the next three years, there's going to come out something that's also a what. Mm -hmm. And we're going to hop onto it. And it's just a what. Mm. It's not the why. The why remains the same. But the what changes. So a lot of the times as creatives, we box ourselves in the thing that we discovered first. Yeah. But it's just a what, right? Allow yourself, uh, identify yourself with the why. Mm. Anywhere you're going to find me, you're going to find me telling great stories. Uh, great stories about the kingdom and uh, where I'm from and how and what all of the, about home. Okay, you're going to find me telling stories about home. Home being what is home to me, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so, and how you connect all those dots to who I am. But who I am is devoid if there's no Christ in who I am, mm. right? So you're going to always find me telling stories about home. That's why I'm so passionate about uh, this country, uh, Africa, about the things that we're doing here and how we can make them better, the audiences and, mm. and a lot of that. I'm passionate about that for that very reason. So uh, there was not much change. Uh, it's the same thing, the same thought process, behind trying to create a great poem is the same process in deciding what story you want to tell in documentary format, mm. uh, what to do within a link, who to interview and why you want to interview them. If you notice, I just don't interview anyone, Yeah. right? I pick and choose who I want to interview because for, for me, it's about why I want to interview them, right? Mm. Why it's important that someone hears their story and how we present that story and how we make people connect with that story uh, and how it connects to home, right? Mm. That That's it. Uh, so there was not much change there. It's the same thing, just different. Mm, just, that's good. Just different mediums. Mm. And so how have you seen God move in your journey? How have you seen his hand move? I am nothing without God, man. I am nothing without God. Uh, uh, look, people like me are not supposed to be here. Uh, we come from such broken places, man. Mm -hmm. uh, so to walk into any room and someone thinks I'm worthy, but like it's mm -hmm. it's only God who who can make it so. Like how? Mm. What do you mean I'm worthy, right? Uh, I'm yeah, like 
I'm I'm nothing with I've seen and when I say I've seen his hand, I don't mean in a materialistic sense. That's been great. Uh but at every turn there's never a point where I can say I did that. Cause I know myself. Like there's never a point where I say I did that. It can only be God. Mm. It can only be God. Uh it's yeah. It's only him where I can be at a platform and do something that people think is worthwhile. Mm. I'm I'm so aware of that. And I I never want wanna take it for granted that that's my reality. So everything. Like what do you mean I'm I'm on I'm on Z and I become one of the top personalities there? What what do you mean by that? Mm. I went to Guto High School. Like what do you mean? I'm, I was at Deore High School. What do you mean that um I go for to perform in the region in in Europe and and just do the most perform in the states and do all these things and afford to have a really great life and mm-hmm. uh how how is that even possible like so yeah i'm nothing without god man mm. and i'm aware of that mm, that's really good that's really good just giving him the glory and attributing all of it to him um and so what has been the lowest point in your journey and how have you managed to get through that or how has god helped you get through that but i don't i don't think i can pick a certain period as lowest because it's it's a journey of mm. highs and lows uh at any given point um because there are certain moments where i thought were lows mm. until i experienced the other moments <laughs> and you're like oh snap that's not a low at all so um yeah 2019 2019 or 19 was a tough year mm. I was so detached. I was burnt out. I was, I, I, I missed myself. I don't know if you've ever experienced that mm-hmm. where you miss yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I missed myself. Uh, I was so burnt out. Then took a, I'd never taken a break ever since I started and took a break for the first time. And I was so, so, so done. I was so done. I was ready to walk away from everything. That's how bent out and just over all of this I was. Uh, but took a break and that worked wonders. And in the process, I did a lot of writing. I did a lot of reconnecting. And I was reminded of my why. Mm. Why I started. So, yeah. Mm. That's good. That's really good. And so, what would you say to someone who's trying to figure out their identity and their purpose? I think do just do mm. just do it man uh i i don't we we spend a lot of time in our heads trying to figure it out from a very intellectual standpoint mm. i don't think that's how you do it uh here's why i wouldn't have bumped into poetry if i wasn't pursuing being a rapper <laughs> and learning that this is not what i like mm. but for me to get to that place I then had to 
go to the circle, trying to go to a hip hop event, then bumping into what I genuinely like, which then becomes part of my journey. And whilst I'm being a poet, you then discover that what I really enjoy about this is having something to say and connecting with someone authentically and telling a great story. Mm. I love that. But I can also do that on the radio. I can also do that on television. I can also do that through a documentary. You know, do that through a book, through a podcast, through this, through this. And you learn that. And when someone then sees it from the outside, it then looks like, ah, this guy just woke up and he knew exactly what he wanted to do. That's not true. You have to do it. Like you have to do. There are things you only discover until you start doing. Mm. Until you start doing. Like it's not going to just like fall into your lap and say, this is what you're supposed to do. No, do it. Discover. It's a process of discovery. Even Jesus spent time being a carpenter. Mm. Jesus mm. spent time being a carpenter mm. until he started his ministry. Mm-hmm. So if Jesus spent time being a carpenter, then why are you not doing what you're supposed to be doing? Mm. So do it. Like, do you think you you are called to be a, a voice uh, whether on the radio, on the what, whatever it is, start that podcast. Discover the process. Uh, in the process, you're going to find yourself. You always find yourself. The things that you gravitate towards and things that you don't gravitate towards. Mm. Uh, the things you like and things that you don't like, right? Uh, I'm in the production life cycle. But in the production life cycle, I don't like anything technical. I don't like any. I've tried to learn how to edit. I hated it. <laughs> I've tried to use the camera. I don't like it, right? Mm-hmm. I exist in ideation and I exist in uh, in the exec- in content execution. Mm-hmm. So I would rather direct. I would rather see the come the story come to life on a storyboard. I would rather be the showrunner. I would rather be a lot of these other things. But me being the guy holding the camera, I don't like that. But mm-hmm. I needed to go through it to learn that, hey, you actually don't like this. Mm-hmm. And this is not you, right? In radio, um, you know, imaging. Imaging is the sound effects and all of that. For example, yeah. the Radiant Culture Podcast. Mm-hmm. That's imaging. Like it gives you an image of what the product is going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sound engineers and sound designers do that. I tried to do that. I've got lots and lots of imaging material that I can use, but I'm just, I even created some imaging for my shows, but I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. I don't, I don't think it's fascinating, right? Mm-hmm. But I know people who are so good at it, who will take you to town and back about it, and it's discovery, right? So to someone who wants to discover their purpose, know who they are, do stuff. Mm-hmm. Do stuff. It's not going to fall on your lap because you're thinking it's great. Do it. Mm-hmm. Do it some more. Do it five times more and see how it comes out. Mm, 
Yeah, it's so key not to remain static or just in the same space, but to actually keep on moving. Yeah, do it. Yeah. So we have reached the end of this episode. Yeah, this was really good. What did you learn about me? I learned a lot. I learned a lot. Like basically your journey, which I think it just gives me a whole a holistic understanding of who you are and why you create content. Um, I learned the importance of just going out and initiating and creating. And yeah, just where you get your passion from. Uh, the, but I can't say this enough, but whatever that doesn't exist mm-hmm. and you think Zimbabwe is terrible because it doesn't exist, well, it doesn't exist because you haven't created it. Mm. If you're waiting for someone to create it, it's not going to happen. Mm. Actually, someone might create it, someone might profit from it, but they might not do it to the level that you thought it should be done. Mm, mm, so just, so just do it. Mm. One last anecdote. So I went to the States and I was making a documentary about the small town called Manning. Manning is a town in Iowa. Mm-hmm. It's a farming town or used to be a farming town. So the thing about small towns is that there's a phenomenon that a lot of these small towns in rural communities, especially in the Midwest, are dying mm. because there's no more continuity. So because they are farming towns, the families... Uh, send their kids to college, but the kids, instead of coming to big cities to college, instead of coming back, they don't want to come back because mm. they don't want to stay in the rural area and take over the farm and whatever you. So when the parents get old and they die, the farm is probably sold off to this massive, uh, company and mm. whatever you. So the communities are then dying. Mm. But Manning mm. is the opposite. Manning is a town of 1,500 people and is thriving. Wow. It's thriving. They started to diversify uh, and industrialize the place and do a lot of great things in there. There's actually a housing shortage. There's a, uh, there are a lot of things. But I went to investigate why. The documentary is about why Manning is the community it is and why it's thriving. Mm. It's because the people of Manning take, uh, take ownership of mm. the place. So if something doesn't exist, they don't complain about it. They ask, how can we make it exist? Mm. Uh, if the school, they want something in their school, the kids, they say, the people, the kids who go to the school, our kids, our grandkids, our friends' kids. So we're going to donate to the school. We're going to make sure the school has the best standards. We want to make sure that these guys have the best teachers, the best coaches, the best whatever it is. So whilst we are complaining that Groombridge Primary Mm. is terrible, how can it not be terrible when we are not investing back into it? Yeah. Yeah. How can it not be terrible if we are not maintaining the fields? Mm. How can we not be terrible if we are not giving back to it? And But when we make some money, do you know what we do? We then take our kids to that That's private school. school. Yeah. But we don't realize yeah. that what making that private school so great is because people keep giving to it. it. Yeah. Right? They keep donating to it. Mm. Oh, the cricket team needs new bats. They're going to donate to it. Mm. Uh, this person needs this. They're going to donate to it. 
So the difference between what those guys are doing over there in the places that we want to go to and what we are doing over is that the people over there just have ownership. Mm. They don't ask. They don't complain about what's not working. They ask, how can we make it work? Mm. And how can we be part of the solution? These guys have a fire department that's volunt- that's fully uh, volunteer-based. Mm-hmm. So everyone who works for that fire department is a volunteer. Wow. Including the guy who owns the biggest, the bank, including the guy who owns the insurance company. So they all have. So when there's a fire, they all get they all get an alert and they all go to the fire station, which is like a kilometer away. And then they go to do the fire. Wow. So think about it from that perspective. When was the last time you we cut the grass outside? Mm. Or when was the last time we took initiative of what our neighborhood should be? Mm. But it's the same thing. So if you don't like whatever you think you don't like right now, mm-hmm. it's not going to change. Until you do something about it. Mm. So you're going to keep complaining about the combis, about the mshiga shiga, about mm. the Because you haven't made a transport system. Mm-hmm. Because you haven't demanded one mm. from who you were supposed to make it. And like everything else, we want things to be given to us. So we don't create anything. We don't allow ourselves to grow and to make the places that we are great. Or to make it home the way it's supposed to be home. Uh, I don't know. Uh, hopefully we'll get it right I hope so too I really do thank you so much Um, sure there are just so many nuggets (laughs) there are a lot and thank you for just blessing us with your wisdom and your experience and for coming onto this podcast taking the time out to be here thank you keep creating thank you keep creating and keep doing great things thank you you're welcome So we have reached the end of yet another episode of Capture the Thoughts. Until next time, goodbye.